A reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, this is a message that we have heard from Jesus Christ and proclaim to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, while we continue to walk in darkness, we lie and do not act in truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we, then we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of his Son, Jesus, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we acknowledge our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from every wrongdoing. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My children, I am writing this to you so that you may not commit sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is expiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but for those of the whole world.
Dominus Fobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Matthäum. When the Magi had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. He stayed there until the death of Herod, that what the Lord had said through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been deceived by the Magi, he became furious. He ordered the massacre of all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity, two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had ascertained from the Magi. Then was fulfilled what had been said through Jeremiah the prophet. A voice was heard in Ramah, sobbing in loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children, and she would not be consoled since they were no more. Verbum Domini. St. John distinguishes the way of light from the way of darkness in our first reading today. He says that if we walk in the light, that is according to the ways of God, then we will have fellowship with one another and the blood of his son Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So St. John is emphasizing that we not only have communion with God when we keep his commandments and we strive to live a life of holiness, but we also establish communion with one another so walking with God, walking in the light, involves keeping God's commandments and the call to fraternal charity. It's love of God and love of neighbor. And when St. John refers to the blood of Jesus, he is referring to his sacrificial death on the cross. He shed his blood for our salvation. St. John then states that if we say we are without sin, that we deceive ourselves. And yet when we acknowledge our sins, God is faithful and just, and will forgive them. God is faithful and just, meaning that he's faithful to his own word. He's faithful to his own promises. Right? He revealed to us that if we repent and turn back to him, he will forgive us. Our God is faithful and just. The book of Exodus, chapter 34, verse 6, recalls God saying that he is merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in mercy and faithfulness. God is very merciful, again, if we repent and turn back to him and seek to live a life of conversion. St. John also says something very striking in our reading today, and that is that if we say we have not sinned, that we make God a liar, and his word is not in us. We make God a liar in the sense that in his revealed word in sacred scripture, he says we are sinners. Right? We need to repent. That's the call of the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. 
that we need God's grace, we need his mercy, we need his forgiveness. And Christ came to save us from the power of sin and death. But we have to acknowledge our sins, to repent, and confess them to receive that mercy that God so generously offers to each of us. And the principle means that Christ gave us to remedy our sins, our first baptism, and then the sacrament of confession. So two views regarding sin that St. John is correcting today, and they're still found. It's not just 2,000 years ago that this was going on. It's still found today. Error is still found today with regard to sin. The first that St. John is correcting is a denial of sin. Right again, St. John says, if we deny we have sinned, we walk in darkness and the truth is not in us. So rather than seeking to justify our sins or excuse our sins, we're called to acknowledge them, to repent of them. And the second error is to acknowledge sin, which is good, and the forgiveness of Christ, which is good to acknowledge that. But the second error is to acknowledge those, but not to do anything about it. So just to acknowledge, yes, I'm a sinner and God's merciful and he's forgiven me but then we don't seek to do anything about it. We don't seek to change, right? In the act of contrition, we pray, I firmly resolve with the help of God's grace to confess my sins, to do penance, and to amend my life, right? We need to cooperate with God's grace to change our lives. We want to walk in the light. We want to follow his commandments, to follow his ways. We need to seek to conform our lives to Christ, not just, again, to, not just to acknowledge that I'm a sinner, but God's merciful. But again, St. John tells us today in the reading, he says, I am writing this to you so that you may not commit sin, <laughs> right? That there is, that we have this motivation to change our lives, to repent, to accept God's mercy, and then to, to live in the light, to follow God's commandments anew. Yes, God is very merciful, and Christ is our advocate, as St. John says today. If we fall, we do have an advocate. We get right back up, repent, and we seek to follow Christ anew, to live according to his ways, his commandments. And in our gospel today, we hear of the Holy Family fleeing into Egypt and the terror caused by Herod, who felt threatened as he ordered the slaughter of the holy innocents. And this is the feast that we celebrate today. And this gospel passage that we're given also recalls the story of Moses and the Exodus. Just as Moses was protected from Pharaoh's plot to kill the Hebrew male children, so our Lord is protected from Herod's massacre of the male children. And Egypt played a role in each of their escapes from death. You know, that Moses end up being adopted and grew up in an Egyptian household, which protected him from Pharaoh's wicked decree. And our Lord himself likewise was taken to Egypt to escape Herod's wicked decree. The most important thing, though, is that just like Moses, our Lord was destined to save his people, right? Except in this case, with our Lord himself, it was from much greater evil of the slavery to sin. And so the feast that we celebrate today highlights the second half of the gospel we heard, and that's the witness of the holy innocents who were massacred literally for the sake of Christ. And Herod had become increasingly full of suspicion about others plotting to take away his power. And it's been noted that he changed his will six times to name different sons as his successor because he was always feeling threatened. 
He even killed his own wife, his mother-in-law, and three of his eldest sons out of fear. He was constantly in a state of suspicion and fear and terror that somehow there'd be a threat to his own hunger for power and control. And his reputation became so notorious that the governor of Syria once said that he would prefer to be Herod's pig than Herod's son, right? He'd be safer. So it's not difficult to see how Herod was greatly troubled when the Magi came and they asked him, where is the newborn king of the Jews who was born? Where is he staying? <clears throat> so Herod saw this newborn child as a rival, as a threat to his own desire for power and control. He didn't want to submit to the reign of Christ, the king. He didn't want to submit to anyone else. Again, he wanted to be in complete control of everything. And he would do anything to keep his own authority. And we see that he did so, even stooping to slaughtering many innocent children, the male children two years old and under in that vicinity. And when Herod was preparing to send out his soldiers to carry out this horrible massacre, he probably didn't consider too carefully that he was dealing with Almighty God, the creator of the universe. Right? And that no matter what effort he made, God would still fulfill the prophecies from the Old Testament that he had revealed. Right? God keeps his promises. It's easy to forget that although we do have free will, God is in complete control. And nothing happens that God does not permit. Nothing. Pope Benedict XVI once asked the question in a homily, is there perhaps something of Herod also in us? Perhaps we too at times see God as a sort of rival. When we see God in this way, we end up by feeling dissatisfied and unhappy because we do not let ourselves be guided by him who is the foundation of everything. We must remove from our mind and heart the idea of rivalry, the idea that to give space to God is to limit ourselves. We must open ourselves to the certainty that God is the omnipotent love that does not take anything away, does not threaten. Rather, he is the only one capable of giving us the possibility of living in fullness, of experiencing true joy, right? We are not to see God as a threat. He wants what's best for us. He knows what's best for us. And God and his holy will, again, are never a threat. But they allow us, if we cooperate with God's grace, to experience true and lasting peace and joy and happiness. Now, the holy innocents, whom we remember today, were true martyrs, even though they didn't know that they were being slain for Christ. Right? They were under the age of reason, just two years old and, and younger. But by shedding their blood, they gave witness to the mystery of the word made flesh. They literally, again, died for the sake of Christ. So they were true martyrs. There was a real martyrdom. And on this feast, we also recall the ongoing slaughter of the innocent in the womb through the evil of abortion and our call to protect innocent human life. And we continue to pray for an end to this, this scourge of abortion and to do what we can to promote the culture of life and defending the dignity and sanctity of all human life. This is our call, right? All human life is good. Everything that God created is good. And so we ask the intercession of the holy innocents today that there might be a greater awareness in hearts that the unborn and especially God are not rivals. They're not threats as Herod saw them. 
right? And that we might be witnesses as the holy innocents were. We might be in witnesses of Christ who is the light of the world and who cannot be overcome by darkness.